Good afternoon. My name is Jan Bock and I'm the Programme Director of Cumberland Lodge. Today I'm joined by three speakers. Faye Taylor, the Head of Strategic Partnerships at the Association of Commonwealth Universities. Steve Joy, Head of Research and Development at the University of Cambridge. And Kitty Olone, Researcher and Public Education Officer at the Wolf Institute in Cambridge. Thank you all for your contributions that were very inspiring to our Life Beyond the PhD conference this year. We are on the last day of the conference today and have been joined by 57 doctoral students and early career researchers from 36 universities across the UK. I wanted to ask all of you, what role do you think doctoral research has to play in society today? Faye, maybe you would like to start. Thanks, Jan. Yes, it's a really important question. Um, one of the things that we look at a lot at the Association of Commonwealth Universities is how we make the case for higher education and PhD research in the context of restricted resources globally. And it's true that there are many external indicators that show that PhD research and PhD researchers are valuable. So I'm looking forward to talking to the group um, today, just before they leave, on why that's the case and particularly why that's the case for international global challenges, um, looking at the sustainable development framework and all of the complex challenges we have in society, none of them can be achieved without PhD research. So I'll be looking forward to exploring some of those today. Thank you. Um, Kitty, you are an early career researcher yourself. What role do you think doctoral research has to play in society today? I think it's a critical part of a functioning society actually so there's this perhaps sort of rather vintage idea of academia being the ivory towers but um, I mean just by looking at or by hearing the breadth of research fields that are covered by this uh, conference it's just you realise that there is such application of their work into society so they're dealing with really important and critical issues that can be practically applied into society at large and they don't belong just within their ivory tower and that actually there is enormous scope for massive societal improvements from research especially at the doctoral level. Thank you Kitty. Steve what do you think is the role that doctoral research has to play in society today? Well I definitely support the things that have just been said particularly the, the knowledge the innovation the insights that are being produced through the work that doctoral students are doing and then thinking particularly about the role that researcher development plays in supporting doctoral education one of our points of focus is also on the used to be called transferable skills we tend to think more about kind of competencies professional development attributes the person that is formed by doing doctoral research and that's something that's really important to me in the way we approach this there seems to me to be something fundamentally different about doing an extended research project in a university environment as opposed to an extended research project in a corporate or an industrial environment and that's about the person who gets a chance to reflect on not just what they're doing but why they're doing it and what underpinning ideas are shaping the way they see the world and the way they shape pursuing science pursuing research pursuing knowledge and I think the the, the ethical framework of doing doctoral research actually sends um, socially intellectually civically engaged people out into the world so beyond simply the work they've done and the technical skills they've produced I think there are a thinking, critically engaged population who have an enormous amount to contribute. And, and public engagement and public impact is one of the key themes of this conference. And Kitty, you combine research with public engagement and education in your role at the, the Wolf Institute. Which challenges does this entail, combining research with public outreach, public engagement, and how do you overcome them in your own work or in your institute? Sure. Well, the um, 
the initial perception is that there's perhaps a massive discrepancy between purely academic-based research and public engagement. And it's sometimes difficult. You think, oh, I have this really schizophrenic role where on the one hand I have to engage with the public, on the other hand I have to engage with um, the research community. How can I possibly bridge that divide? But actually, I think they fundamentally share a similarity, which is it's all about the ability to communicate, both to the research community and to the public. It's about putting across in appropriate terms the core idea or the key findings that you have and you really want to just communicate those particular aspects. At the Wolf, for example, we place quite a large um, priority on public engagement. So, for example, we engage with the public via the podcasts, we run open for public seminars, public workshops. And um, I really think that by including academics and lay people together I really think that's a great way of sort of breaking down this schism between the two if you like that actually engaging with the public can inform your research and vice versa and I think that it's a really important part of particularly my work and all all interdisciplinary research I think to make sure that the public really understand what the researchers are doing that there's this perhaps tendency to view them as again shut up in their ivory towers but by really reaching out and making a concerted effort to engage with the public I think that that will really break down stereotypes. Thank you Steve or Faye do you have any other ideas for how PhD students can maximize their impact because this is something a lot of universities are putting emphasis on and as you position yourself in the job market as a doctoral researcher um, it is something that people look for in CVs as well. Sure, I'll start. Um, So absolutely, I think one of the first things to tackle is the tendency of many PhD researchers to not understand the contribution that they will be making or not be able to articulate it in the same way as Kitty's just described. So providing students and researchers with the ability to articulate the value of their research beyond their own discipline but also directly to audiences who it may be contributing to is really important. And doing that, there are lots of tools out there, universities have tools, but also engaging from the very start in a PhD with those who may be beneficiaries of the research or who can help feed into the research process is really important. And I think we've moved on a long way in the last few years in opening up those doors, in making it a valuable and incentivised part of the PhD process. And I think policymakers um, are also recognising that as well in terms of how they fund PhDs and um, the expectations that they have on PhD graduates at the end of their journey. So I think we're seeing a positive shift towards um, a world that will be able to extract more benefit from our PhD resource base as well. And I think from our point of view, working with early career researchers, a lot of the conversations we have about impact are trying to take some of the pressure out of that conversation. I think that all of the the shifts in public and political kind of perceptions of impact and research are filtering down to early career people and they understand that they, they need to be able to describe the impact of their work. Sometimes they leap too far then and they go from their niche project in its small subfield and, and think that they have to come up with an explanation that says, I'm going to cure cancer or solve the climate crisis or make um, air travel carbon neutral. And actually a lot of our work is saying, Um, And in fact, we had a fantastic presentation from Professor Nicholson at Royal Holloway at this conference talking about spheres of influence, thinking about dropping a a stone into a pond and watching the ripples proceed outwards. And your impact as an early career researcher, you might only feel it in the very short term within your sub-discipline, the other academics who are experts in your field who are interested in what you have to do, but thinking collectively about what could your discipline contribute? What spheres of influence does your discipline connect to? How does that link to policymakers, or how does that link to members of the public? Or 
employers and then how might those people also work with you or take the work on to produce the bigger impact and so a lot of where I think the conversation about impact relate to early career researchers is trying to say we need to personalise the steps that get from you all the way to the big impact and say it's a collaborative effort, everyone will take the work on and do something different with it and actually I think just taking time to reflect on that when you've got the focus of just trying to get the PhD done um, can be really, really powerful and that's why conferences like this are so important and so useful. Thank you. Faye, the Association of Commonwealth Universities, a particular dimension is obviously international collaboration, universities working together across the globe. Why is this important and is this increasingly important that international collaboration is pursued and is actively engaged as well? Absolutely. Um, I referred earlier to the Sustainable Development Goals and that's a really useful framework for um, cross-border collaboration because it's a shared language, it's been agreed multilaterally that these are areas that we all need to focus on to make sure that our world is a better place to live by 2030. And obviously universities play an exceptionally important role in that. In fact, none of the SDGs can be uh, achieved without universities. And PhDs and students within that are highly important. So a lot of the work that we do at the Association of Commonwealth Universities is um, we are grant-giving organisations. So we fund students and academic staff and professional staff to move across borders to share knowledge, to share best practice. Um, and that can take uh, the, the form of a research collaboration looking at climate resilience. For example, one of the pieces of work we're doing is um, a multi-institutional um, climate resilience network led by the University of the West Indies and the University of the South Pacific, um, obviously being based in the Caribbean and the Pacific, which are really at the coalface of climate events. And um, using those universities' experience of climate change, but their role in resilience to draw together an international group of academics who can work on mitigation and improving the contribution of universities to that. So that's just um, one example of how universities working together and PhD students and research as a really core part of that um, being really important. The other thing I would say as well is about equity across uh, the globe. So obviously the Commonwealth is a very diverse group of nations. We have some of the smallest and largest in the world, all with a single voice. And we try to bring our um, influence to bear by strengthening capacity in different parts of the Commonwealth, including in research capacity. And PhDs, particularly split-site PhDs, are a really important part of that. So PhD students from, say, South Africa having a year in the UK or PhD students in the UK having its, um, an, an opportunity to go to Botswana for a year is a really important way of both um, improving um, the, the individual or the experience that the individual has, but also strengthening universities on both sides um, of that partnership in, in making sure that there are equitable partnerships that can truly democratise knowledge in a very divided world. Steve, you have been coming to this conference for many years, supporting our participants with career development advice. What are your reflections on this year's event so far? I, I have been coming for a number of years and I, I come every year because this is my favourite conference in my calendar and it's because there's, there's something very particular about the mission of Cumberland Lodge to foster dialogue and debate in a, um, a safe open space where actually also to foster dialogue and debate that is asking difficult ethical questions and not how am I going to get a job after my PhD, though that's important and part of what we talk about, but who do I want to be after my PhD? What kind of research and skills do I want to take with me into the world? And so my reflections are that and this year's conference has been fantastic for the space it's given for those really 
deep reflections on the nature of research, the nature of education. And if I think about the um, exercise that's just been done on interdisciplinary research that was um, asking questions about um, fairness and utopia and governance and society, um, there aren't many places working with um, PhD students where you get to take such a, an extended period of time to reflect singly and collectively on what this means to all of us and to do it in a space where everybody's allowed to disagree and express differences in perspective. I think the pressure of academic work usually is, you know, one does one's research talk and then gets um, nitpicking questions from um, a few people in the room who want to say, no, I don't like that method or um, you referred to the wrong thing there. And actually, so my reflections on this conference were always the same. It's it, They just seem to be the best conversations I have all year with early career researchers about what they're doing, why they're doing it and what they hope to do next. Nikita, you were a PhD scholar or Amy Buller scholar before you went to the Wolf Institute in Cambridge. What are your reflections on this event, which you know from your time as a scholar as well? Yes, I mean, so this is actually the first time that I've, actually, I've attended this conference. And the first thing that struck me was the extraordinary energy that sort of emanates from all the participants. So there's such a strong sense of dynamism among all the participants. And you can really almost feel like this, this sense of energy amongst them. And what you see over the course of a couple of days is that they... They sort of, at first, are very sort of, uh, con not confined, but they're very, they're much more comfortable talking about their own research and their own discipline, and it's a very sort of cloistered world, like any kind of aspect of academia. But, I mean, for example, as Steve was saying, today, the last exercise that we, um, we watched, you see how extraordinary their capabilities are and how they've suddenly broken free of these very strict confines of... of mathematics or chemistry or whatever their relevant fields are and actually they have so much to offer to a much much broader spectrum of um of society and it's really exciting and interesting to see and and it's it's quite thrilling actually you think wow you know these people are going to go on and, and really make wonderful impacts on the world one of the things i picked up from that exercise was um, I, I forget who someone referred to um, overcoming the fixation on the task um, and actually being prepared to to stall and for things to go wrong and to open up discussion. And I think that, well, you notice that a lot when you work with PhD students that you, you talked about overcoming that initial sort of reticence. Actually, I think it's coming down from that that increased sense of pressure of I've got to get this PhD finished. There's so much to do. And actually, it, it, it does take a couple of days to, to come up come down from that and be able to say, actually, while I'm here, then there are other things I can be thinking about, other ways I can be having conversations. And I always think it, it feels to me like there is life beyond the PhD, of course there is, um, and but you get there through conversation. Like the life that you want after your PhD, you'll have through the quality of the conversations that you're able to pursue. And if we've totally fixed on the task and getting it done on time, then actually it limits our openness and our sense of ability to have those conversations, to make those international connections and to think about the big goals that we're that we're all trying to achieve, I think. So the energy, seeing that energy come into conversation and amongst people who wouldn't otherwise have had the opportunity to talk to each other, I always find really stimulating and exciting to watch. Thank you all, Steve Joy, Kitty Alone and Faye Taylor, and enjoy the rest of the Life Beyond the PhD conference. Thank you. Thank you.